the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning to you, and thank you so much for joining us and starting your day at seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Tuesday, the 21st morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2018. We've got a very nice show lined up for you today coming up in one hour. It's always a good show when you are able to call Peter Kersenow part of it. One hour from now at 10.07, 10.08, somewhere in that neighborhood, Peter Kersenow will join us, of course, from his law offices as well as the office of the uh, commission, U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. And we will talk about special counsels. We will talk about security clearance and much, much more. Yes, the security clearance fight is ongoing. The president of the United States is at a war in a war of words with former CIA director John Brennan, who continues to say that President Trump is guilty of treason. Well, not really treason in the truest sense of the word, but I don't regret saying he's guilty of treason. <laughs> John Brennan is a lunatic. He is a dangerous communist-supporting lunatic, and he was in charge of the CIA under the leadership of former President Barack Obama. And now uh, he wants to potentially sue. He wants to sue the President of the United States for revoking his security clearance, claiming that he is trying to strip him of his First Amendment rights. The President, of course, responding, no, I want him to keep talking, because the more unglued John Brennan becomes in truth, The more unglued he becomes, the more he leads the resistance, the more people show support for President Trump. In all seriousness, John Brennan, right up there, and this is is hard to believe, John Brennan is right up there with Maxine Waters as the poster children for Trump derangement syndrome. I don't think there's any, you know, any other way to say it. He he really is that far gone. And it's possible that 
maybe even probable that John Brennan should have been fired years ago. And why? Because he's a threat to national security. That's why. With illegally looking at uh, Democrats' computers who are investigating CIA torture and then lying about it before a committee. So John Brennan should have been fired for cause long ago, and he shouldn't be within a mile of classified information because he's a national security risk. He doesn't know how to keep his mouth shut. That's uh, Senator Rand Paul stepping up and defending President Trump's decision to yank John Brennan's security clearance, which kind of has us uh, where we are now uh, in the middle of all of this. Uh, Rand Paul. Paul, who, who ironically, he was one of President Trump's staunchest rivals two years ago when uh, the primaries were being held and the debates were being held. President Trump got personal with him, criticizing Rand Paul's appearance. It's one of those things, by the way, that I don't like about President Trump. These personal insults and things like that that have absolutely no place in the public forum, uh, particularly when you're members of the same party. He did the same thing to Carly Fiorina. Uh, but Rand Paul in the last two years has been able to put, you know, put aside those things and let bygones be bygones and search or excuse me and work, uh, in the best interest of the country. And right now he knows the best interest of the country is President Donald Trump and getting resistors like John Brennan out of there. John Brennan's actually a national security risk to the country and we are safer because his uh, security clearance is gone. And the reason I say that is in 2012 he actually released information to other ex-CIA agents who went on TV and said, oh, we've got a double agent in Yemen. Well, at the time there was a double agent in Yemen and his life was put, his or her, I don't know who it was, their life was put at risk because of John Brennan's, you know, releasing information that he shouldn't have. Rand Paul is truly working in the best interests of the American people. I don't always agree with Rand Paul. As a matter of fact, I part company with Rand Paul on matters of um, uh, foreign policy because I believe, in my view, he is too much of an isolationist, and I think we do have a very big role to play in countries around the world uh, for the greater good and for the ultimately the long-term benefit of the American people. So I disagree with him from time to time on matters like that, but I really respect Rand Paul, who's able to put aside, again, his perhaps personal distaste for certain parts of Donald Trump's character and personality in, in the interest of what is right for the United States of America. So congratulations and thank you to Senator Rand Paul for that. Staying on that as we get the program started today on the matter of the security clearance being revoked uh, from John Brennan and the president, by the way, tweeting consistently, constantly, quite frankly, too much in my view, but that's neither here nor there. The president um, uh, is threatening, by way of Twitter, to revoke the security clearance of many others uh, in the intelligence community or former former members of the intelligence community. And that is, I think, absolutely wise. Quite frankly, I've never understood why it wasn't a policy right out of the get-go. When you get fired, especially, if you resign with honor and if you resign you know, with your reputation intact, you haven't been accused of this, that, or the other thing. It's one thing. Maybe you keep security clearance in case a current member of the intelligence community wants to consult with you on matters where maybe your experience can be a valuable asset. I can understand leaving security uh, uh, clearance in place for people like that. John Brennan is not one of those people. John Brennan is never going to be consulted for his advice and experience and expertise uh, on matters of national security now. And if you are fired, by the way, from your position, like James Comey, like Andrew McCabe, like uh, Peter Strzok and others, you should never be allowed to keep your security, security clearance anyway. 
Nonetheless, John Brennan is threatening a lawsuit over this. Rudy Giuliani says, please, 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 please file it. I dare President you. Trump and his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are both daring CIA Director John Brennan to follow through on his threats to sue the administration after the president pulled Brennan's security clearance last week. Brennan telling NBC's Meet the Press he's willing to do whatever he can, including taking legal action against the president to prevent what he considers to be abuses of power in the future. But Giuliani tells Fox's Martha McCallum... He's not going to bring that lawsuit. And he's not going to bring it, first of all, because no reputable lawyer will bring it. There's nothing to sue over. The president again signaling on Twitter late Monday night that he is considering revoking even more security clearances. And he should. He absolutely should for the reasons I just outlined. Here's a little bit more in depth on what Rudy Giuliani meant when he is begging uh, uh, John Brennan to bring this lawsuit. But he knows he would never do that. He's not going to bring that lawsuit. And he's not going to bring it, first of all, because no reputable lawyer will bring it. There's nothing to sue over. It's a privilege. Mm-hmm. And it's a privilege long extended. He doesn't, what reason does he have to have uh, security clearance? The only reason you would have it as an ex-official is if the government was going to call upon you for information. Well, this government's not calling on John Brennan anytime soon. I don't think many don't governments think. would, but the Obama government. I mean, uh, John Brennan was not a particularly distinguished anything. Uh, he was a, a political operative. He hasn't been an intelligence officer in a long time. He's been a political hitman. While we're on the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, Uh, who is working very, very hard with the president to uh, advise him on how to handle the Mueller investigation and the ongoing call by Mueller to have a sit-down interview with the president, which I think we all know is a perjury trap. As he was discussing this perjury trap with Chuck Todd on NBC on Meet the Press on Sunday, as we outlined on yesterday's program, Chuck Todd tried to trap Rudy Giuliani, just as surely as Mueller is going to try to trap Donald Trump. And Rudy Giuliani uh, was saying that in response to Chuck Todd's truth is truth, isn't it, statement, trying to trap Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani said, no, truth isn't truth. Not when we don't know if that is the truth. It was very clear what he meant. But just the phrase, truth isn't truth, those three words, were uh, those were enough for the left to go apoplectic. And to go crazy and to create these memes equating Rudy Giuliani with the truth ministry in 1984, equating him with uh, some sort of a propagandist who's going to try to tell you the two plus two does equal five. If that's what they want you, if that's what O'Brien wants you to see, you will see that two plus two plus two equals five. Uh, How many fingers do you see, Winston? Those who read 1984 understand those references. But at any rate. Truth isn't truth became the meme of the day after Sunday's Meet the Press um, uh, hit uh, on Rudy Giuliani. And Rudy Giuliani was explaining what I think anybody who's not incredibly biased against the president and anybody who isn't part of the resistance and anybody who isn't screaming impeach 45 understood what he meant when he said truth isn't truth. He went on to explain it yesterday on Fox. One person says the Flynn conversation took place. The other person says the Flynn conversation didn't take place. What's the truth? You tell me how you figure out the truth. Well, it either did or it didn't. I I mean, but but it's like the tree falling in the forest. Did anybody hear it? I mean, how do we know what the truth is? And that's exactly correct, because what we do have is a he said, he said situation. So for Chuck Todd to just say, well, just tell the truth. Well, the truth that one person believes, it might be different than what another person believes. And and the other person, indeed, or either one of the individuals involved, uh, may not even be being intentionally dishonest, may have heard it a different way or or received it in a different way than what the statement was intended. 
it is possible for two people to see things very differently while both remembering the words actually the same. So what is truth? This isn't doublespeak. This isn't Orwellian doublespeak. The truth in James Comey's mind might truly be real to him. His truth might be real to him. The truth in Donald Trump's mind might be very real to him, and yet both of them have different recollections of it. For example, if President Trump said to James Comey, hey, I hope you can take it easy on Flynn. He's been through enough, and he's really a good guy. I've already fired him. He's gone. I hope you can take it easy uh, on him. And if James Comey hears that as a threat or as a some sort of intimidation or some sort of a coercion or some sort of an, here's the word, obstruction of justice, truth is in the ear and the eye of the beholder. That's why you can't just say truth is truth. That's why Chuck Todd's little um, attempt to trap Rudy Giuliani was so reprehensible from a member of the media, particularly, again, sitting in that esteemed chair uh, as the moderator of Meet the Press. It has been held by a lot of good journalists through the years, and he is not one. Because James Comey's truth in that situation is he, he said he hopes I, I let Flynn go. He's trying to obstruct justice. And Trump's mind is... I didn't tell you to obstruct justice. Do what you got to do, but I hope you can give the guy a break here. He's already being punished, and 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 I don't think he did anything wrong anyway. But I am going to fire him just under the you know so there's no pretense or so uh, there's no appearance of impropriety with what he what he did or said. There is no such thing in a case like that of just one truth. One person says one thing, the other person hears another thing. Both of them might be being true and honest to themselves, but there is no just truth is truth in situations like this. We're talking about language. We're talking about ideas. We're talking about the recollection of conversations. We're not talking about universal, universally provable truths, such as in mathematics, Yes, there are certain things that can be proven and they cannot be argued by, by virtue of science, by virtue of mathematics. For example, the fact that there were only two genders in human uh, physiology, the fact that there were only two sexes, males and females, XY chromosomes and XX chromosomes, the fact that that is scientifically provable makes that a truth. And yet still... The modern American leftist tries to tell you that it's not true. Hey, lefties. Hey, progressives. Hey, Democrats. As you rip Rudy Giuliani for his declaration that truth isn't truth, tell me, aren't you guilty of the very same thing by trying to tell us that the truth about sexuality, sexual genders is not true as long as somebody's confused mind tells them that it isn't it's 9:20 let's get you on the phone lines we are guest free in the first hour 216 yesterday great first hour for phone calls let's do that again 216-9010945888281110 i got more from the president i got more from Rudy Giuliani i've got some from John Brennan as well and we also have well let your mind rest at ease the animals have been set free. I'll explain that coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Ah, what are you doing, Samuel? Whenever you play songs like this, i got to stop the show. 
because i got to listen for a while. My favorite 38 special tune. Just one of my favorite tunes, period. Prominent on my iPhone playlist. Going to get another one right now. Let it play. <laughs> yes, indeed. 926 now. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. A little 38 special to get your day going today. Again, phone lines are open now at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. We will uh, get you up and on the radio, and you can also tweet to me. Uh, I am on Twitter, shamefully. Uh, I don't li- do not like it. I do not li- do not enjoy giving those um, <clears throat> leftists who run Twitter, CEO Jack Dorsey, admitting they are indeed a left leaning company, and that is borne out by their uh, their censoring and shadow banning of conservative voices. So I don't like being a part of it and giving them promotion. But I again will not let the misinformation that they spew be unchallenged. So I stay on it in order to correct the the uh, record as much as I can through my uh, limited uh, ability. But uh, Twitter is uh, where you'll find me at Radio Done Right. Radio Done Right. All one word, no spaces, no underscores. And on Facebook, it's France Radio. I made I made a little quip at the end of the uh, segment saying. Rest, uh, you know, rest your mind. The animals are now free. And, of course, the animals I speak of are crackers. How many times as a kid did you get those, uh, those little red and yellow boxes of Barnum's animal crackers? You remember them, right? You still, maybe your kids have them now, or maybe your grandkids have them now. It's an iconic box, and it features a lion and a polar bear and a gorilla and an elephant and a zebra, and they're all sitting there in, well, the box is shaped like one of the old-school circus cars where they would actually take the animals from town to town in their, on these, these cars, you know, these, uh, these pulled wagon cars, essentially, is what they are. Uh, there's even a wheel where you can see, you know, like the, the wheel and the animals are, are in those cages being moved from town to town for display in the circus. Well, we all know that that is cruel to animals. And in all seriousness, I've seen some documentaries. It really is some of the things that they've done to those animals. But these aren't real animals. These are these are crackers, not real animals. But that didn't stop PETA for taking up for those crackers. PETA has worked for years to get the uh, creators, of, uh, which is Nabisco, the creators of the Barnum Animal Cracker boxes, to uh, get rid of the cage bars. Get rid of the cages that look, make it look like these animal crackers are, 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 are being caged. Set them free. And indeed, after years of complaints from PETA, Nabisco finally relented, and now you will see the zebra, the elephant, the lion, the giraffe, and the gorilla roaming in what looks like, I don't know, a prairie or, or, or grasslands somewhere. And so now they are free. The only thing that sh- shocks me, by the way, and I have to say, the idea that someone or a group of, of people have enough time in their day to spend hours and days, and weeks, and months, and indeed years trying to convince a food company to change their packaging because it houses the imaginary animal crackers in a way that they don't like. 
is just really, really disturbing to me. I don't know who these people are or what they do for a living, but the fact that they had enough time to devote to this and to actually make it work and get this company to change their packaging so they don't, they don't have cage bars on it anymore is really, really troubling. And the other thing is this. Wait for it. You know that PETA is now going to come for the crackers inside, not just the packaging, because why are you putting food in the shape of animals? Why are you teaching children, because these are children's foods, that it's okay to eat giraffes, <laughs> even even cracker form, or elephants, or zebras, or gorillas, or polar bears, or lions, or whatever else is in those boxes anymore. It's been a long time for me. But why are we eating replicas of animals? That just promotes carnivorism. That just promotes animal cruelty. It's unhealthy anyway. It would be better for you to make crackers of vegetables let them eat uh eat uh, replicas of carrots and broccoli and things that they should be eating anyway i want vegan crackers instead of animal crackers do not give PETA an inch you know they are coming for a mile just like the rest of the leftists all right we got much more coming up for you after uh, the news on am 1420 the answer mike gallagher weekday mornings at 11 on am 1420 the answer. All right, 934 now. The Bob France Authority continues. Peter Kersenow, 30 minutes from now, roughly, uh, around 10.08 or so. We'll talk to uh, Peter from the uh, uh, United States Commission on Civil Rights. It, terrible news uh, just uh, in the last half hour. Uh, figure I would share this with you. Missing uh, Iowa student uh, Molly Tibbetts. She had been missing for about a month. There's been just a massive manhunt trying to figure out where she went, uh, uh, what happened to her. Uh, family has been eternally optimistic. Her father on TV almost daily uh, giving interviews saying that he, he believes that she is going to be found alive, uh, that somebody knows what happened and, uh, and where she is and that they will find her. I mean, really, they, they have just been so optimistic. And today that optimism ends as Molly Tibbetts, the missing Iowa student uh, has been found deceased. The body of missing college student Molly Tibbetts was found today. Uh, two sources told Fox News in bringing an end to an intensive search that lasted more than a month, capturing national headlines. A law enforcement source said the body was found in Iowa, but more specific details about the location were not released. So um, obviously we will be looking to follow that and find out exactly what happened. Simply uh, another tragedy, just an absolute tragedy. Horrific. By the way, something else that is horrific as well, out in Colorado, just to, you know, the inhumanity of, of man to man, it's, it's bad enough that the father of two young girls who were found submerged in oil tanks after being missing for, for several days, it's bad enough that he went on television after his wife, his pregnant wife and those two young girls apparently went missing, and he went on television pleading for their return, pleading for someone to, to save them and get them back to him. This, it was impossible to understand where they could be and who would have taken them. Only to find out three days later, he confessed to killing them. He confessed to killing them and told authorities he would tell them where the bodies were. He did exactly that. They found the girls submerged in oil tanks after being missing for days and his pregnant wife buried in a shallow grave nearby. 
it's bad enough that all of those things happen. It's, it's impossible, quite frankly, to understand the mind of someone that evil. Um, I don't want to over, I don't want to overdo this. Uh, it's family radio, but it strikes, you know, it strikes deep in the heart when you think of things like this, particularly in the way that investigators believe the young children died, uh, of, of strangulation. Um, because there are few things that are more personal in, in the case of, of, of killing someone than, than choking the life out of them and looking into their eyes and into their faces as you do so. And that's what he did to his two uh, young children. But it's bad enough for all of those things to happen. Now, as he is facing several charges, including five counts of first-degree murder, and that's just a, a legal maneuver. It's an odd thing because there are three deaths, four if you count, and you should, the, uh, the unborn baby that the mother was carrying. But charged with five counts of first-degree murder and um, uh, several, I'm sorry, three counts of first-degree murder, two counts of murdering a child under 12. That's where you get the five. Apologies. One count of unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. Christopher Watts, the 33-year-old psychopath in this altercation who put on this uh, phony face of, of, of angst and sadness and terror for his loved ones, he is now claiming that his wife strangled his two young children and that he flew into a rage and strangled her in retaliation for her killing the children. That's his story. It's, it's one thing. It's, all, it's everything to commit these horrible crimes. And now to try to blame your victims for uh, your own actions is, is something altogether different. It is just unbelievable. But he is now claiming that she strangled them. And, of course, that would make all the sense in the world, right, as to why you would then conceal the children's bodies in uh, tanks of oil. It makes no sense whatsoever. So those are just a couple of uh, tragic stories uh, that have been, we have been following in the news, and uh, I wanted to give you an update on those. All right, back to the political arena now, if I may. John Brennan, as I mentioned, uh, is uh, threatening to sue President Trump for having his national security, or excuse me, national security clearances, his uh, security clearance revoked. And the lawyers for President Trump, including Rudy Giuliani, are basically begging him, begging John Brennan to go ahead and file that lawsuit because then they would be able to question him on everything, on a host of things, because that's how it would happen in a in a deposition, uh, in a lawsuit like that. They believe Brennan wants nothing to do with that. But what about President Trump testifying in a deposition of sorts with uh, Special Counsel Bob Mueller? Well, that's another story altogether. President Trump is apparently, according to this report from Fox, finally realizing that while he may indeed want to sit down with Bob Mueller because he feels bulletproof, because he feels like nobody can touch him, it is a bad idea to walk into a perjury trap. Rudy Giuliani and uh, his uh, fellow uh, personal attorney for uh, President Trump, Jay Sekulow, have been advising the president for weeks and months do not sit down with Bob Mueller. And if you do, we're going to have to really, really limit the scope of what he can ask you and how he can ask it, et cetera, because he's going to try to trap you. And according to this report, the president is finally coming to his senses and is not going to allow this to happen. I spoke to a top advisor of President Trump who told me the president 
finally seems to be leaning against ever doing an interview with special counsel Robert Mueller. This advisor telling me that after weeks of suggesting he'd like to sit with Mueller to convince him he did nothing wrong, it is finally sinking into the president that his lawyers, Rudy Giuliani and Jay Sekulow, that, uh, have been saying that it would be a no-win situation for him to go in with Mueller, and that's finally sinking in with the president. The president's saying in a new interview, if Mueller finds conflict between what the president and former FBI director James Comey for example, say about the handling of the probe of retired General Michael Flynn, that could be a perjury trap. And, that, and that's exactly what, what I think a desperate special counsel, Bob Mueller, who has nothing, nothing, in 13 or 14 months of investigating the president and potential roles, uh, potential uh, collusionary efforts, or collusive efforts, rather, uh, between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. After 13, 14 months of an investigation, they have nothing. He is so desperate now, the only thing he can hope to do is to get Donald Trump in front of him and trap him with questions that will make it look like the president is perjuring himself, being dishonest. The president is finally coming to his senses and realizing this is not a good idea. They have nothing on me. And the only thing they're going to try to do is now give the appearance that I'm hiding something by walking me into something. And I had somebody on Facebook. In fact, a couple of different people asked me on Facebook about this. If the president has nothing to hide, they say, if the president is truly innocent, then why would he not want to just go and talk to Bob Mueller and tell the truth? And the answer to that question is very, very simple. Because you might be 100% innocent, and you might be telling the 100% honest truth as you recall it, But if it isn't perfectly accurate, your recollection, you will be painted as someone who is perjuring themselves. Even if it doesn't lead to a criminal charge, it would look like he is just lying to a special investigator, which would harm him with potentially voters in a reelection campaign. And as I said to my Facebook friends uh, who are leftists, who are are liberals, um, let's do it this way. Do you remember... Every conversation that you have had over the course of the last two years, if I ask you on March 13th of 2017, who did you speak with and what did you say? And if you say, I don't remember, okay, I'll remind you, you had a conversation with Joseph Smith, and of course I'm just being um, uh, uh, suggestive here, these are, these are just uh, hypotheticals. You had a conversation with Joseph Smith, and you talked about this. Do you recall that conversation? Okay, I guess I remember talking to him. Okay, do you remember what you told him? Well, I think I told him A, B, C, D, and E. If you don't have a firm grasp of what A, B, C, D, and E are, and the investigator has sworn testimony from Joseph Smith who says this is what he said, and the two are in conflict with one another, The investigator can say, you just perjured yourself. Literally, having a faulty memory can be perceived, depending on how it's painted, as being perjury. No, 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 that's not what he said you said. And we have a sworn affidavit here that he said that you said this. You don't remember everything. And and, and the other part of this is even if you do remember a conversation and you know exactly what you were trying to say, if it wasn't received by the other party in the conversation the way that you intended it, you can then 
also be accused of perjury. The president is in an absolute no-win situation here if he sits down with Bob Mueller. And Newt Gingrich, I think, is, is really, you know, sounding the bell the loudest, talking about how this really needs to be the end of the Bob Mueller special counsel witch hunt. There is now no excuse whatsoever for Bob Mueller to, to ask to interview President Trump, especially because Mueller, who made a fatal mistake, revealed Saturday in the New York Times his fatal mistake was sitting down for 30 hours with White House counsel Don McCann. White House counsel Don McCann cooperated extensively in Mueller's inquiry, forced 30 hours of interviews. And as Newt Gingrich points out, Virtually anything and everything that Donald Trump could tell him, McGahn already has. He is the White House counsel. And that means President Trump literally went above and beyond surrendering even attorney-client privilege by allowing McGahn to cooperate with Mueller for those 30 hours. And by the way, if you're wondering what McGahn told him, He asserted throughout the interviews that he never saw Mr. Trump go beyond his legal authorities. That cooperation, writes Newt Gingrich, is historically unique because President Trump waived both his executive privilege and his attorney-client privilege. So confident of his innocence was the president that he waived both of those protections to allow his special counsel to thoroughly, or I'm sorry, the special counsel, to thoroughly question the White House counsel, Don McGahn. Accepting such a thorough and detailed briefing from the White House counsel will ultimately hurt the efforts of Mueller's team of left-wing Democrat lawyers, says Gingrich. McGahn is a very widely respected lawyer who thoroughly understands the difference between legal and illegal behavior, and he was in the room for virtually all of the president's activities. It couldn't be more clear. The Trump White House was comfortable talking for 30 hours with a pack of high-powered, tough-minded investigators because the president has done nothing wrong. Nevertheless, at every stage, Mueller has conducted an aggressive, one-sided, and increasingly irresponsible investigation. He was brought in to seek the truth about whether or not there was collusion between the Trump campaign and Russians to impact the 2016 election. His very first step down the road of abusive behavior, writes Newt Gingrich, was to hire a completely partisan team of mostly Democrat attorneys. Mueller could have hired a balanced team of Republican and Democrat lawyers. He could have avoided hiring lawyers who had worked for Hillary Clinton or gone to the Clinton election night party. Instead, he hired totally biased opponents of Trump who want to take down the president. And for the last 13 to 14 months, they have been trying to do exactly that, to take down the president. And 13 or 14 months later, they have nothing. They have a scalp. They have the scalp of former uh, campaign chairman Paul Manafort. But Paul Manafort is on trial now for something having nothing to do with the Trump administration or the Trump campaign. He's on trial for things that happened years before he ever joined President Trump's team. And they're using that as a way to convince uh, the electorate, particularly undecided voters, aha, this is Trump's uh, campaign chairman. He's on trial. He's facing life in prison. The Manafort trial, by the way, is another story we'll get to as far as the jury and uh, being deadlocked uh, and unable to come to a conclusion and also asking the judge for more explanations on what reasonable doubt means. That does not sound good for the prosecution, but that's another story. 
But uh, they're trying to use Manafort, as they see. Look what they've got. Well, they got nothing. They're trying to use Manafort, even the judge in the case, acknowledged this in open court, to squeeze him, saying, we're going to prosecute you on something totally unrelated to Donald Trump if you don't give, give us the dirt on Donald Trump. And so far, uh, there is no dirt to give. The Mueller team has nothing. And that's why, as uh, Newt Gingrich said, this should be the end of the failed investigation. Write your report. That 30 hours of testimony that McCann gave you made it clear there is no evidence of President Trump colluding with the Russians or engaging in illegal obstruction of justice. This should be the end of the story. And that's why Mueller is now so desperate to get Trump in front of him so that he can continue the story and find something else to go on. So Newt Gingrich, I believe, is spot on. And again, if you have thoughts on it, we'll take your calls. 216-901-0945. But now traffic on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 954, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll take you uh, until 11 today, at which time we'll hand it over to Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, Jay Sekulow, Larry Elder, and Joe Walsh all day, all night. The best conservative news and commentary available on the radio is available right here on AM 1420, The Answer, free of the buffoonery that you find at far too many other stations alleging to be news stations. Joe is in Cleveland. Joe, thanks for joining us. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll put you up now. Hi, Joe. Go ahead. Listen, what I was going to say is Don McGahn did tell President Trump that if he fired Mueller, he'd resign. He said, yes, he did. Yes, he did. And the president, of course, has, uh, has made no indication that that's something he would ever do. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think he's been tempted, and and that's what the, the conversation led up to. That conversation was that if you do this, I'll resign. Well, and he I, knows that. Well, and then that very well may be, but that doesn't mean uh, anything in the grand scheme of things because a the mm-hmm. president has not done that. B uh, the Mueller investigation really is at its end, and and what I don't like is the president. I will say this. The president, one of the president's tweets, and you know how I feel about the president's mm-hmm. tweeting. Uh, sometimes it just it just doesn't make any sense. When he tweeted, uh, basically that I could take over the investigation myself if I wanted to, but I'm going to go ahead and let this continue on its own. Uh, it, it, it's it's. I, I don't know if it's disingenuous, but it doesn't come out well. It doesn't look good for him. I think if like he what just Ray Boyd would say it does, and and I think the worst part about it is. Again, that if he just sits back and lets this thing play out, he's going to be vindicated because we are, I mean, how many things have leaked out of the Mueller investigation so far? And how many things have leaked out of Washington, D.C., out of the DOJ, out of the FBI? Absolutely if there was, no, I mean, a, a ton of things have leaked. But not on right, this. Oh, you're talking about what they. I'm want saying in know. general. Yeah, in general, we get leaks coming from these people uh, who are part of the deep state, deep state constantly. But 14 months into this investigation, they have leaked nothing. If there was anything at all that they had on Trump, we would know about it by now by the leakers. And the fact that they have nothing at all indicates to me the president needs to just sit back, be quiet, continue well, to lead, go do your business, but indictment. don't bother this. They have 30, 35 indictments. Of, they're waiting. They're forming a of, case. Of, 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 well, you know what? They've been, they've been, they, they've been doing, they've been doing, well, hold on. Right. 35 indictments that mean zero to the issue of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russians. 
And that's the, the truth. June 26th meeting. That, it's a June 26th meeting in Trump con, Tower. Con, congratulations. And that is, again, all, that is about opposition research, something that Hillary Clinton did. And what do you call getting a, a, a former British spy, so this is a foreign national, uh, who uh, put this put this dossier together for the Clinton team about well, Donald Trump, which was then used? The reason that they, that, 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 that the, uh, You're missing the, the point. The You're missing the point. You're missing the point. The point is that is collusion. Oh, okay with a foreign entity, a British spy, and nobody nobody has a problem with that. But they take a meeting with somebody from Russia who says, I got some information on Hillary that you might want, and suddenly that's the crime? Now, if it was... Intelligence agencies work together. Friendly it, intelligence agencies work. We're friendly If with it was... If it was, it was, this wasn't, she wasn't working with a British intelligence agency because she was part of the American intelligence agency. This was a political talking hit. About? Talking about Hillary Clinton hire, okay. paying for, and the DNC, paying for this dossier by Christopher Steele and Fusion GPS. Don't tell mm-hmm. me that's collusion between intelligence agencies, Joe. That's just dishonest. That was oppo research. Phony fraudulent oppo research that was then used to go to a a secret court to get a warrant to spy on the opposing party's uh, candidate and campaign. If there's anything that's collusion with a foreign government, that's it, or a foreign entity, that's it. And we're going to talk about, well, there's been 35 indictments. All you lefties continue to say there's been indictments. Name one indictment that has anything to do with collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. There is none. Because if there was, the president would already be on his way down. They have nothing. Why do you think that uh, Mueller is so desperate to get Trump to sit down for a deposition? Because he's got to find something or else he's going to have zero uh, to show for his millions of dollars spent and his 14-plus months of wasted efforts. TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, what you should have told this lib, libtard that just called into you there, uh, you should have mentioned, you know, he wants to talk about the indictments and stuff. Well, let's talk about the 20-some Justice Department uh, uh, people that were fired, uh, demoted, right. resigned, all the corrupt Obama Justice Department. Obama is the one we should be talking about. He did more to damage this republic and the rule of law than any person in history. Yeah, but that doesn't play well in the press. No, I'm saying, but all this (laughs) deep state is his orchestrating. He turned Washington into Chicago corrupt politics. And you see it throughout all this stuff. Brennan, he should have mentioned to him, Brennan, Obama's people told him to fire Brennan years ago. And now Brennan's the hero of the left. I mean, these lefties, all they got is talking points that don't make sense. And and I wouldn't even entertain their calls, Bob. And let's and let well no, I want to hear I want their calls. I absolutely do. Because the only way you and thanks for the call, the only way you can illustrate their absurdity is to hear it. You have to hear their absurdity and then you have to discount it point by point. And by the way, Brennan, which as we all know, was a communist, voted for the communist candidate for president in nineteen eighty. That's all you need to know. There was a Communist Party candidate. He had John Brennan support. Then John Brennan got hired by the CIA, and a Barack Obama made him the CIA director. That lets you know all you need to know about John Brennan. But they're going to worry about Russian collusion with the Trump campaign? Please. Peter Kersenow joins us after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.